0: Today. I'm Walt Keyson. With me today is life coach and LOA teacher Joel Elston. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we are into the first Tuesday show of 2024. So happy New Year to those of you who are Tuesday listeners uh, to me and Joel as we explore every single rabbit hole that can possibly be explored in the LOA universe. Um And we're going to go down another one today. This is one of our favorite ones. It's going to be about how to stop negative thinking. And ironically, we're going to do that by stopping negative thinking. I mean, that, that that sounds very repetitive and, and uh, redundant. But in fact, that's literally what we're going to do. We're going to do it by thinking in order to stop negative thinking. I, I think I'm confusing the issue, Joel. I'm going to let you explain it. This came out of a video you found. Why don't you tell us about it?
1: I have no idea what we're talking about. So, I uh, by the way, I'm I'm, com- I'm comically unprepared. Uh, oh, okay. Well, I,
0: I'll help you with it then because you shared okay. a video on Facebook. And the video was by a gentleman who was uh, presenting a method for stopping negative thinking. Okay. The, met- the method he proposed was to use an acronym THINK, T-H-I-N-K. And THINK has five different pieces to it. the t- The T stands for TRUE. The H stands for helpful, the I stands for inspiring, the N for necessary, and the K for kind. And what he's suggesting is if you can focus at those particular times where you're really caught in that negative thinking trap, if you can focus on trying to identify our, what, are, what is the state of each one of those different pieces of think, then you can shift your negative thinking into a more positive aim.
1: Yes, yes. It was a good video, and it's it <laughs> something I've never really heard put that way. Uh you know, I, I like how you started the description because stopping negative thinking by thinking uh is, it seems counterintuitive. I mean, you're in the process of negative thinking. So you're right. going to use the yeah. same process. You know, it's like my old favorite statement. You know, the brain is the most important organ in the body. According to the brain. Uh, so <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's like, yeah, of course, of course it feels that way, but you know the, the negative thinking really takes on its own version of of spiraling. Often, you know, it just goes into uh, it, it catches on to itself. That it just keeps going and going, and going. So anything that breaks negative thinking. So i i liked the I liked the video because it was just it's one of the few videos that actually gives you something to do to actually stop negative thinking instead of right. just saying don't do it. You know, right. it's like so. You know, the, 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 the part that got me the most was the negative thinking is, is you know, the first question is, is what I'm thinking true? Is, is, is this process or is it just me anticipating negative? Is it just me using old stuff happening? Is it really true? Okay. The, uh, an example for me is, uh, I have, uh, My son's car is really an obnoxious expense in my life. Is it always something? They're just, it's just always something. So he told me that he cracked his windshield the other day and I was like, okay, you know, this is no no big deal. But, you know, the the idea was I called the insurance company and they said, you know, because I had heard somewhere there's no deductible on windshields, but they informed me that we have a $500 deductible. Uh Ironically, the windshield cost about $700. So, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. so I said, well, I'm not going to give you $200. I'm, I'm just gonna pay for it. So I started this, you know, like everything, you know, this is, this is ridiculous and this car is costing too much money. And I started the process of just, going down a rabbit hole of negativity about the car, not life in general, but about the car. Right. And so I had a friend that uh, I said, Yeah, I want to spend seven hundred on the windshield. He said, You 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 need to call these people. They're a local company, not a in. So I went, Oh, okay. So turns out I can get it done for three hundred dollars, which is far better. Yeah. And and I didn't care about the seven either, but the idea of just the concept that it let's, what are we doing? So my initial reaction was, this is ridiculous. All this, the statement I was thinking was, is, you know, it was not accurate because the truth is the car hasn't been that expensive. If you're going to insure a kid to drive, it's expensive. It You know, the, I, I didn't buy him a new car, bought him a used car because I didn't want to spend all the money in the new car, but I probably about spent the new car money. Uh, <laughs> but But the the truth is none of this matters. It's not a big deal, but that, that negative thought process in the big scheme of my life. So when I would ask the question, is all of this negative thinking about the car true? No, it's not because I have an abundance. I could care less. If we needed to go buy a new car tomorrow, we're good. It doesn't matter. I don't care. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into negative spirals over something that's not true. The, the, The statement of my negative thinking came from a position of lack, which I don't have. Uh, but I was thinking with a lack mindset, like, you know, and, and nobody likes spend money, they don't have spend. But this is not a big deal on my horizon. So I, I like that idea of anything you're thinking, is it true? And, of course, what I always do is, so I listen to his, you know, like you said, the think, you know, all the stuff he said. But I like to do sort of my own idea of, like, I do like the true statement. But I like to go further. Could this really affect me? If this negative thinking. Am I creating based on? I, I like. I have a like litmus. I ask a checklist on negative thinking, mm-hmm. and 99% of negative thinking is just based on old historical stuff that's not even remotely true anymore. It's but the the brain feeds back on negative stuff to bring it current.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And that that's what. But but you know the concept that having a checklist for negative thinking is what I loved about the video. If I'm trying to make sense here, the, the mm-hmm. checklist, whether I, whether I liked all of his, all of his things, I did like the, the, the truth concept. uh, But I also liked the idea of just why don't we create our own checklist for negative thinking?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, also it struck me that the, the idea of using an acronym like this is yes. a way of kind of reminding ourselves how it is that the negative thinking becomes so strongly negative in the first place. It's through the yes. repetition. It's it's, it's yes. a heated form of thinking. And the more we yes. repeat it to ourselves or in our conversations or whatever, we are essentially making it more and more powerful every single time. Yes. And in the process of making it more and more powerful, we're, we're basically setting everything up in, into, I guess I'd call it an exaggerating echo chamber. It's a, it's an internal echo chamber that really only we hear and every time that we echo our negative thought in there, it gets worse. It's yes. worse than it was five minutes ago. It's worse than it was 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse. So for me, the true uh, question that's being asked here, is it true, is really about, is it true or is it simply I've taken it to the next level of exaggeration?
1: Yes. Good point. Yes, I like that. That's clearly, I like how you said that.
0: Because if it's if, it, if the truth of it has now become how exaggerated is it, then it becomes very clear what the answer is no it's not true. it's just exaggerated,
1: right, right. So this is a process of thinking that you know you you the, we all know with the spiraling of negative or I would assume we all know the spiral of negative thinking and how it it, it feeds on itself. So any of these you know creating your own acronym or using this acronym and the truth concept and the filtering of truth. Is a way to break that because everything happens in, you know, there's, there's energy in negative thinking. That's, you know, there's momentum in negative thinking. There's momentum in positive thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so just being able to have any type of tool to break that and not entertain it, not, not allow it to go any further. And this, that's what struck me about the video is it gave you something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he could have said, you know, jump up and down and, you know, scream something five times. That still would have been something to do. <laughs> uh, but it, it makes sense what he was saying. And uh, he seemed like a pretty sharp guy. I like some of the stuff he was saying during the video. So I do agree with it overall.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, the, the second word, too, I think ties into what we were just talking about, this exaggeration component, because the second word, the, the, the second uh, letter of the acronym H is for helpful. And so now it becomes, is this Exaggerated negative pattern helpful. When you put the word yeah. "exaggerate" in there, well, first of all, it's not helpful just to be um just to look at it from the negative. But when you put the exaggerated part, there's nothing helpful about the exaggeration, no. Um, no. unless your goal is just to make it worse. Yes, in, in which yes. case, it's very very helpful for that.
1: Yeah, But well, <laughs> and, 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 well, and that's why I like the you know, is it is the being exaggeratedly help? You know, it, it, that is negative when you exaggerate it, and is it helpful? As you said, negative isn't helpful, but exaggerated negative is harmful. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's not even neutral. It's, it's just terrible right. yeah. because you're, you're, you're creating, you're, you're, you're creating an extreme traumatic response to a, a very unlikely need for that response. I mean, so mm-hmm. you, you, there may be something wrong, mm-hmm. but you know, when you, when you escalate everything to a uh, DEF one, <laughs> when you es when you escalate the most minimal problem to a trauma, mm-hmm. you're constantly in trauma response. And so, is exaggerated negative thinking, you know, helpful? Of course, it isn't. Is it harmful? That's the real question. It, it's very harmful because it gets you in, in a much elevated state that you don't need to be. And and people can get very. Uh, this is my theory. I believe you can become very addicted to exaggerated negative thinking. It's yes. it's it's. Neuroticism is sort of that in some way.
0: Mm, yeah, I think that's very true. I, I laughed at it, but I, I actually like your reference to DEFCON 1, def, def, Defense Condition 1, yes. because that's where you get when you're in that negative spiral that just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. It, it, it literally feels like you're in a war. Yes. And that def condition, Defense Condition 1 is exactly that. I'm in a war, and I'm now trying to figure out how to fend off the incoming attack.
1: Yes, yes. I have a, a friend, um she was going through some stuff and, uh, she, we're not very close. Uh, she lives in another state and so she texted me. She said, can we talk, Senator? I have some stuff I'll let run by you. And I said, I would love to, but I'm pretty busy. I'll get back to you. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be for a few days. Well, with all that I have going on, all that, I I forgot. Mm. And. So, which I, I feel bad about that. I apologize for forgetting what she mind. She said, so a couple of weeks later, she said, I don't know what I did to offend you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't think you would ignore me. And I go, Oh, I, I I wasn't. I'm so sorry. I just did not follow. I mean, you text, you sent me a text message. I had like 30 text mess text messages after you and I forgot and mm-hmm. I'm wrong and I apologize, but she had created this entire negative something that she said, "I thought you were mad at me because of what happened, you know. Whenever I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I just, <laughs> I, I, I simply forgot to send you a message, and I'm very sorry. But, but her, she laid it out like, oh my, God. she had thought about that hard for a while and mm-hmm. was very upset.
0: Yeah, and and heck, I've done that. I think anybody listening to this has done that at one time yeah. or another. Yeah,
1: yeah." It's you know, especially when it comes to like communication or I I don't I don't keep up with who likes or doesn't like my Facebook post or I don't I don't do all that stuff. I just post and either you know whatever happens happens. Mm -hmm. But I've had people say you haven't liked my Facebook post for three weeks. (laughs) I'm like I haven't seen your Facebook post. I I I don't go seek it out. I but you know the idea that people have this negative spin because of a lack of whatever they, they have turned it into a So each person is living and dying a moment of, wow, I wonder what I did to upset when, you know, you got to understand who I am. If I'm upset with you, I promise you, I'm going to tell you.
0: Yeah, Which is actually assuring. Yeah. (laughs) Reassuring.
1: It really is. Yeah. I just, but I I don't have, I don't like the ambiguity of it all. I, I don't like to, Ghost people I don't like to do any of that stuff i if we're upset we're upset mm-hmm. if, and if you if you you know if if you are wondering that ask me i' you know and be prepared for my response because I, I like I'm to be pretty sure. my response. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah. if you if you're going to uh uh you know poke a stick of the dog don't be surprised if the dog bites yes this, exactly this can happen
1: <laughs> yes yes completely so uh, but but again the, as you look down you know, the 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 acronym here that to me the the one you know, is this is this helpful and of course as soon as the question is asked of course it's not helpful mm. uh you you can see it, you know in in the, I also like to take it even further just in thought in general if you're having of intrusive thoughts that sometimes aren't necessarily negative but you can't let go of something is this helpful? Is another question I use for that as well. Um, does that make sense? That 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 is this helping? If it's, it's, if it if this overthinking is helping on some level, let's continue that. But if it's not, let's move
0: on from that. Right. It's 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 kind of a check, isn't it? Like, yes. Do I do I really want to go ahead with this negative thinking? Is that really what is going to serve me the most? That's what the H yes. Is, is. Yes. Asking us the, the answer yes how helpful is this really and then the third one actually takes you to the next level because <laughs> the yeah. next one is inspiring I for inspiring and i i think we could all pretty much agree there's not a whole lot inspiring about negative thought patterns <laughs>
1: no i in fact that was the one that sort of be honest we seemed a little silly i just think yeah uh, i think well, maybe, he needed, it's
0: designed, maybe it's designed to make you laugh maybe that's the whole point of that
1: m- maybe it is and maybe he just needed the word to make sense so you throw yep. that in there uh <laughs> Uh but it's like you know, that one you can sort of go, okay, clearly <laughs> nobody's thinking this is an inspiring train of thought. <laughs> you know, productive might be another question. Not, you know, Is it productive awesome. at any level? You know, That's but the, but but the P doesn't fit in there, so you need the I.
0: No. Pink doesn't quite spell out right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Maybe Russian.
1: I don't know. It could be Russian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, send your letters to Joel at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But the the next one actually does make uh, some sense. The the N of think stands for necessary.
1: Yes, that was the, that was one of the best. It, yeah. Is it necessary? And and you know as soon as you read the word, like, of course it's not necessary. But right. doesn't it feel necessary sometimes when you're in the oh, middle yeah. of that?
0: Yeah, it, oh, God. yes. Yeah. It's it, it, unavoidable. I mean, necessary, Yeah, I go far enough. I
1: have to do this. I have to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if I don't overthink it, it's like, yeah, I, I try to tell somebody the other day, like, you have, you have today and you're going to get done what you're going to get done today. That's all you can cram into today. So worrying about three weeks from now is not a necessary concept. It, you're, you're spending energy on the future. That it's not going to be the same situation. So necessary in today, not just necessary. Is this thought at this point in time necessary? Uh, you know, it, it, you may have some concerns that are necessary. I need to address something, but nothing negative is going to be necessary at that moment. And, uh, it, it, it goes against that. It's, it, but it feels necessary. That's the only, like overthinking sometimes feels productive when it's not.
0: I think there's also another advantage to having the word necessary in there, which is necessary. When you say the word necessary, is it necessary? There's an there's an implied ending to that. The implied yes. ending is it necessary? Necessary to what? Yes. Yes. Is it, is, it, is it necessary to continue to be negative? Yes. Is it necessary to feel miserable? Is it necessary to feel trapped? Is it necessary to feel stuck? Yeah. You know, when, you, when you complete the sentence, all of a sudden the whole question of necessary takes on a different meaning.
1: It does. It does. And is it, is it, a uh, the, the concept of any of this stuff of, you know, it, it, it is necessary. If you want to feel trapped and stuck, negative thinking is a necessary concept to feel that. But if you look at it reverse, it, it, it fills that bowl. I mean, if you want to have a feel trapped, yes, negative thinking is necessary. Uh, but on the other side of it, it's, yeah, when you realize all of this is a voluntary concept going on in my brain mm-hmm. and it, it, there's, it's involuntary on some level until you identify it, then it becomes voluntary.
0: Yeah. That's true because yeah. most of the time we don't identify it, do we? Right. In most instances when we're stuck in those negative thinking cycles, those trapped cycles, we're not thinking about what it is that we're doing. We just feel the result of it.
1: Yes. What one of my one of my really young clients has a lot of uh OCD thoughts. And, you know, I we talked about ways he can control those intrusive thoughts those negative thoughts. And he came up with, uh I, you know, I, I've offered him some of the concepts, but I always encourage everyone to say, look, here's some information of why. Here's one thing. Maybe this will help you develop your own thing. What works mm. for you? Right. and. So he said, like when he he called it as a movie. When he has one of these thoughts, it's like he plays the same movie over and over again. And he'll, yeah. And so he was watching a a a, a movie that had a, a an old movie being made. And he heard the director yell "cut." So the moment he has one of those thoughts, he goes "cut" and just immediately forces a new thought, not related. Wow, it's shockingly good. It works real well. I've shared that with other clients. And this is created by a twelve year old. So uh, uh
0: well, I mean that sounds be good.
1: Yeah, it's usually the best out. But hit I mean he and he has this hand motion where he goes, cut, and then he will not allow another word of that thought to come out and would shift over to something else. And it has drastically improved his quality of life.
0: I like that. That's yeah. Really, I'm gonna remember cut. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've tried stop. Stop doesn't really work, but
1: cut. No. I cut. Like- well, view it as a movie. It, that, yeah. That's what helps it. Like this movie's about to play again against your will, and right. the, the the only way to stop that, it, you know, the movement is cut, and then have something positive it's to right. go to. Yeah. yeah, and immediately get there. And he said, he said Joel, that literally is almost cut out ninety five to ninety seven. Yeah, I don't how you get that number, but ninety five to ninety seven percent of his negative thoughts. Uh, he said just that alone, because what happens, is he, he felt obligated to continue the thought when it was arrived. Right. It, it, it's almost like there's some value to playing that thought all the way through, and it doesn't have any value.
0: So with the moment that we've identified that a thought is counterproductive and not necessary is actually the exact same moment that we're reminded to say cut.
1: Cut, exactly. And th- with no debate, not like he said, if I'm, if there's not a, a thought of should I cut, cut stops it. And then the new thought is immediately put into play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. like he, he plays, he plays, uh, 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 I don't know what sport he plays. He plays some sport and he's very big into skateboarding, for example. So one of the things he'll, he'll do is, you know, cut and then set and immediately go, I gotta get my skateboard fit. I, I, I want to get that new skateboard. I want to do it. And he gets into something that his brain does want to think about. And so it, it isn't like there's, a, it's almost like, Oh, that's better. That's more shiny. Let's go talk about, think about that as positive. And so he, he's really, you know, I've always said, if you want something done well or come up with new ideas, ask a 12 year old. Yeah. He, he, so I've shared that with a lot of my adult clients and so just using that word cut with his hand motion, there's something about that for him. You know, boom, cut. New thought, and it just, it helps a lot.
0: Yeah, well, I can see why it would, because it combines a a word, and words are powerful, with an action. Yes. It's very short action, it's brief, but it's a cutting motion, like a karate chop or something. Yes. Uh, Yeah, you combine two things like that together, you're going to get some power out of it.
1: Yes, completely. So it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now I have to admit the last letter was my favorite. I'm rethinking now in terms of cut with with necessary, but I'm, I, I think I'm going to stick with the the last one being my favorite because the last one is K for kind, and the reason that's my favorite is for me it's a reminder of just how much we beat the crap out of ourselves. Yeah. The moment I get the kind is the moment I say to myself, "Oh, I'm doing it again, aren't I?" Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it and it, it, it really for for. Self care, kindness, self kindness, so to speak, being kind to yourself. That is one of the harder things to do in the midst of negative thinking because we have such a negative dialogue on ourselves all the time when you're in that, that, that way of thinking. So being kind and gentle, uh, even if you messed up and negative thinking is based on you messing up, being kind to yourself. You're human. You made a mistake. Move on.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the reminder of. So, okay. So think. Basically stop and ask, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Cut. And is it kind?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love those. And, uh, I, I, I'm going to vote that we, we vote off the island inspiring just because it's silly, but, uh, but we'll, we'll keep it there for fun if you want.
0: I like inspiring <laughs> just for that exact uh, reason. You need to have humor when you're in the midst of a negative spiral like that.
1: I agree. Humor is the most, uh, you know, it, it applies a lot of, it is anti-negative for sure.
0: It really is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's one of the best ways actually to break out of a negative spiral is to find something to laugh about it. Oh if you absolutely. if you can do that. Oh my god. I mean it's not always easy to find, but if you can find it,
1: whoo. one of the one of the things that helped me the most uh was right after my son TJ died. Mm. I don't know a few months after TJ died. Uh it's a very long story and I won't tell the whole story, but you know, I was it was a really rough time. I was you know get you know for a month or two I was just sort of zombie land. I was going through the motions, going to work. But, you know me, I'm always kidding, always joking. There was no humor in my life for those two months. And uh, so there was an event that the kid next door, little kid, he just, you know, he made me laugh so hard. It just because it was such an absurd thing. And, and he had no idea I saw that. So the, the the nutshell story is the kid's four at the time. I didn't even know him at the time. We're very good friends now. But he, that's been many years ago. So he's. He's out in the backyard, and I hear his sister scream. Let's let's say his name's John. Let's say John's peeing in the yard again, <laughs> and I happen to just look out the window, and here he is, his pants down around his ankles, and he's peeing in the yard, and he screams out, "No, I'm not! No, I'm not!" <laughs> and I don't know why that just made me laugh so much. It made me crack up. Funny. Yeah, and. So one of the most an unintentional act of humor is, is something that, that literally pulled, I'm not saying it solved anything, but it got me at once I laughed. I remember and I laughed hard and I remember going, I'm going to be okay. And it was some four year old that had no idea he really helped me out. Right. And, uh, and so humor is, I mean, I, I'm big on humor as you know.
0: Yeah. I, I love that one too. I got to remember that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's hilarious. Well, just to hear it live because you're trying to, you know, I didn't know these people at the time. They had just pretty much moved in and, uh, I wasn't in the mood to really introduce myself, but I just had my back screen door open. It was sort of a spring day and, you know, you, you're, you're hearing, you know, they're always screaming. They're always loud. And, uh, so you sort of ignore them, but, but, yeah. but just, to, John's peeing in the yard again. And when you look out this, you know, just, you know, his little shorts around his ankles, peeing straight up in the air. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And it was one of the funniest things. And it's, so I, I, in fact, I was talking to his mom, but reminded her about that this weekend, that it's just one of the things that I will, and he's like uh, almost 12 now. And, um, and he's really, really a great kid. And we're, we're very close. But it was such a uh, a lifting moment. You know, it was such mm-hmm. a uh, humor saves me. It, it, it wow. It's humor. It, that's the time. It, but it, it also gave me the the ability to say it's going to be OK. If I can laugh, mm-hmm. it'll be OK.
0: Isn't it great, too, how life will bring us these seemingly unconnected moments? Because seems yes. completely unconnected to the death of your son.
1: Yes. And yet
0: you connected them and they connected in a really helpful way.
1: Right. Well, I mean, if you take the secret even further, I mean, our families have become so close and you know what I mean? We're, we're, you know, uh, just, just very supportive of each other and they've become very dear friends basically because of that account, you know, and, and, yeah. you know, and then could I always look at him a lot differently after that. And, you know, he, um, you know, he used to, he knew I was a big chocolate fan, so he used to sneak me little Hershey Reese cups and, uh, you know, so it's just, yeah, really cool kid. Uh, but it's this idea that we took something that not related, but it was so helpful to me. And the, he doesn't even know how, we never, I've never discussed it with him. When he's old enough, I'll explain that to him. Um, but that was very valuable to me. And, and, and so, uh, humor is, if you can find your laughter, it solves a lot. And I have humor as your number one. So pulling people. If I get somebody to laugh, that's good. Um, this right, I have that as number one and number one A is if you really want to pull yourself out of a deep, dark, whatever, you, you write somebody a letter that you're grateful for and tell them why you're grateful for them. And that is a really good tool, too. So humor in that is, is a good way to break out of negative depression, negative spiraling. Uh, but anything that takes action away from the thought is the point.
0: Yeah, that's that's the focus, isn't it? You're, you're, yes. You're redirecting attention, even if it's only slightly. You have to redirect attention away from where you've been giving it, because otherwise you're just reinforcing the same thing over and over again. That's Absolutely. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And if you don't have an outlet to to change that thinking, then, then you you get into this negative circle. It, it becomes more that people don't realize they're sort of stuck in these negative patterns and their life becomes negative and it's just reinforced every day. And, and what a horrible way to live. And most people don't, that live that way don't realize they can stop it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, well, even those of us who are conscious of it find it can be challenging. So if you're not conscious of it, it's it's going to feel completely overwhelming and and impossible to, to to surmount. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, having a tool like that is definitely helpful. And and the, the uh the gratitude one's an interesting one. I have to admit I've tried doing that. I can't always get there because gratitude is such a higher vibration than depression or anger or something like that. So it's a long way to reach. But it can be done. Well and and
1: I I go as far as, you know, describing the exercise that I've asked people to do. Think of someone who went out of their way unselfishly to help you along the way. Hmm. Um, And I want you to write, preferably handwritten, not my handwriting, I have to type, but people who can actually handwrite, uh, write a letter, if possible, to someone, to this person, And explaining in detail how much they mean to you, how much they helped you, and how grateful for their presence you are, their presence is in your life. And by the time you get to the end of that letter, with the full intention of either emailing it or hand, I prefer to hand deliver it if possible, that you can't be depressed and be grateful for that person at that level.
0: Yeah, I would think that would be true. I would yeah. think that'd be true. The, the challenge I think is actually finishing the task. But if you can finish yes. the task, you'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, agree.
1: Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're, if you're down enough, it's hard to finish the task, it's hard to right. do it. But, but if you are able to do it there, gratitude is the single most powerful position that we have. Every, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 it is the most powerful mindset because it attracts more things to be grateful for, making decisions when you're grateful in your life. You're going to make much better decisions. It's such a, a, an important thing to, to implement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you used a word earlier that was talk about serendipity. It was serendipitous because it was also used in the episode that I recorded earlier today with Anne Marie Young and our guest. Um, and we kind of touched on it at the very end of the show. I said, we, we need the whole show to do this one. Well, I don't have a whole show to do it here either, but I wanted to bring it up and get your take on it because you use the word productive. Yes. And that word productive, well, it can be used a lot of different ways. I mean, in the context of what we're talking about here, um, you can think of, well, how productive is it to be engaging in negative thinking? Or you could also flip it around and say, well, I am very effectively increasing my negative thinking by continuing to focus on it. So in that sense, there's a weird kind of productivity going on. But the context that I was bringing it up during the earlier episode was in the overall commercial economic realm that we use it. Because w- when you work for a company, they're always interested in productivity um, and, and how productive the team is and how productive the projects are and individuals and all that kind of thing. Productivity is a really, really big thing um, throughout throughout the, the, the capitalistic world, really, probably in the communistic, too, but even more so in, in capitalistic. And I wanted to kind of explore the possibility that maybe we as a society are giving too much power to the idea of being productive. The reason I mentioned that is when we focus so heavily on productivity, the overwhelming tendency is to focus a lot less on creativity because productivity is about doing labor as effectively and efficiently as possible, which is not necessarily conducive to creative creative behavior is hard to predict when it's going to happen. It comes when it's ready to come. It comes when you're most relaxed, when you're least focused, when you're, when you're least uh, tied up on, Oh, I got to solve a problem and so forth. And so it it just leads me to wonder. I mean, well, not wonder. I actually believe this. I, I think We focus too much on productivity as a concept and to our own detriment, not just to the detriment of corporations, but also of individuals. I think it actually works both ways. Now, that's going to fly in the face of what a lot of people believe, including most people who invest in the stock market, because they want to have high levels of productivity. That's how they believe they're going to achieve the highest levels of profitability. I totally get that. I understand where they're coming from. But the question I want to put to you and to the listening audience is, Is it really true? Is it really true that it is most profitable to be productive, as productive as possible? On the surface, that seems to be the case. On the surface, that seems to be what everybody points to. And yet, I've learned enough in the 11 plus years that I've been doing this show with you and others to realize just how powerful creativity is, just how powerful the human mind is and its ability to focus just how powerful the act of focusing is, which really doesn't have a whole lot to do with being productive, and yet it is incredibly productive. So that's my, my, my thesis is the focus on productivity is nonproductive or counterproductive.
1: Well, I I think with everything, we say this in every show at some point, I think everything is going to be based on your perspective of who you are, what you are, and what you're considering. So if you're a Wall Street guy, they're gonna go with Walt Street Crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're gonna they're gonna just absurd you, hippie. You know, they're gonna they're gonna just shut you down. They're not gonna right. so perspective based is uh gonna be the lens you're viewing that statement through, but when you take it to the deeper level, the the balance, the power of the balance of being creative of, of with productivity pro, you know, I think the quality of life is more the question in my mind, not just profitability, but a, a creative life where you're able to, uh, you know, enjoy, create, think, you know, have, have that's, and, and not so much an emphasis on raw productivity because you get stuck in that. You get, it, it almost, it leads you to the, the, uh, sort of that over wanting that, that wanting it too much, which has a yes. reverse effect on the law of attraction. Yes. So, you know, when, when you like, I know companies that are so Amazon, for example, their warehouse, not their drivers and all that, but their warehouse, uh, they are super demanding. I mean, they are, you're going, going, going uh, you, you get a couple minutes in the bathroom. You, I mean, they are very, very, uh, tense is the word I. Mean. They're very, yeah. You know, they're they're demanding what they perceive as productivity.
0: I, I would but go also, with anal, but I, but I'll I'll go with tense. Tense is okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also knowing some people that have worked there over the years, the idea that that doesn't necessarily make things more productive. It it gives the illusion of more productivity, yes. but people. Aren't enthusiastically operating. They, they'll always find loopholes. They'll always slow it down. So they're, they're almost fighting the system where if you encourage, uh, people to, you know, do, have some creativity, have some more, you know, let's, let's look at the bigger picture. Happiness is part of the equation. Employee happiness and Amazon's turnover rate is outrageous in their warehouse. It's, mm. and, and they'll hire about anybody. I mean, it's, and it's a good job for somebody, but you know, there's not a lot of, you know, processing going on there. They just hire you and they're assuming you, you may last, you know, 3.2 months or whatever their statistic is. And we'll just keep hiring people.
0: That's what they do. And yeah, and, it's not the they, most
1: productive way, but they but think it is.
0: But that's just the point. It's not actually yeah. productive. It right. seems it, it on the yes. surface, it appears to be productive. Yes. Yes. But it really isn't. Yeah. Especially if you now, take into account the cost of of new employee acquisition, and I, I, that's right. not even the metric. I won't even go there, but that certainly has to measure right. in.
1: No, yeah, like, it costs a lot to train an employee. There's a, there's a lot. Also, in full disclosure, I am an Amazon stockholder, so I'm not being negative. Go Amazon, keep doing good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just using that as an example because that that's the obvious one here. Uh, but you know, I, I look at companies that that focus more on, you know, creativity. Our ultimate job is to be productive. Uh, you know, like Google's campus is really focused on creativity uh, in a lot of ways, but their, their productivity, they're, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. And so they're very productive coming from the creativity. And so there, there's models of how you can combine that, but it, it, You as a person determines what productivity means to you. And if you're just raw productivity, I think you're missing the whole point, is I think what you're saying.
0: Well, I would go a little bit further than that. I would say that what you're calling raw productivity is actually a form of negative thinking. Yes. Yes. The reason I say it's negative thinking is that it's based on fear. It's based on the fear that if you don't, turn the entire employment team into a well-oiled machine, you're going to lose money compared to what you could make. The problem is it's false. It's false because it's based on the idea of fear. And anytime you put fear into the equation, you're going to lose. It seems like you can win. It always does. That's why people are so drawn to fear-driven stuff. That's why so much marketing is fear-driven. They think, oh, if I can just inspire the right level of fear or anger or angst or whatever in the in the consumer, they're going to buy this product that we're trying to sell. Yes. And the thing that makes it particularly um, uh, confusing, I guess, perhaps is the best word, is that there is some truth to it. You can inspire consumers to buy using negative emotion. The flaw in the thinking though is that it's fear based. And because it's fear based, it's actually less productive, less able to sell than if you could flip it around, if you could find a higher vibrational place to sell from. Right. And that's the hard message. That's, that's the message that the Wall Street people don't want to hear because they don't have any metrics on it. There are there, well, no say, analytics yeah. on that.
1: <laughs> there, there's not. And one of the things uh, that happened. You know, in the recent presidential elections is when you get, there is no positivity left and nobody's telling you what they're going to do for you in these elections anymore. No, they're, no, no. That's they're gone. telling you how bad and evil the opponent is right. and how their, their, their job is to rape your, they're planning on raping your children, taking your guns right. and, uh, going, you, know, you know, and basically making us China. That's what they're, that's what they're selling you on. Or,
0: or if it's the left wing, it's uh, they're going to destroy the planet. They're going to ruin the. Yeah. They're going yes. to uh, yes. basically undermine all the human labor and, you know, yes. all the usual. Yeah. Issues, right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so about which side. It, it, so there, that's, that has become politics nowadays. There's no, there's no, Hey, my opponent is a pretty good guy. We just sort of disagree on these areas. Here's my strengths. Yeah. That's gone. That's gone. That's gone. There is none of that. It is, it you know, you're not telling me why that guy's evil, but if you don't vote for me, this guy is going to take everything that matters from you away. Right, And and that, that's what they go. That's how they do it. And it, so that's, that's politics now. And there's so much evidence. So wall street looks at that and said, my goodness, that, that you know, Fox news and, you know, CNN, the highest ratings ever are during these crazy argument times during elections. Right. and, they're making the most money ever. Uh, I've used the example before and to, to, to make a point on, on any given day, where there's nothing going on, the Weather Channel's rating is like nothing. They they have a really low viewership.
0: I love this. Yeah,
1: yeah. But you you put a hurricane in the Gulf, and boom, they're way up there where 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 you know that dude that shows up at hurricanes. What's his name? Uh, don't want his name. Uh, But he always on the news. He'll show up and stand out there in the 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 wind and so weather channels really popping during hurricanes. So it worked so well for them. They started naming winter storms to give them more threat. Like instead of just (laughs) saying, instead of say we have a nor'easter we have, no, we have, you know, uh, the, the, the Steve nor'easter it's Steve is, you know, and and so now by naming these winter storms, it, it elevates them there. And it's been proven they're, they're, Ratings go up since they started doing that.
0: That's really quite illuminating, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is making it
0: very, very clear how they're getting our attention. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we're the ones giving and, the attention. Let, let's not yeah. beat around the bush here. We are the ones yeah. giving the attention. The human population, They it wouldn't work if we didn't do it.
1: Yes. Yeah. One, one of the, there's several of these videos, but the one that I always love the most is there's this, on Weather Channel during one of the hurricanes in Florida, there's this lady and she's holding on to her hat. And she's fighting the wind. She's leaning into the wind. It's a hundred mile an hour winds and all. And in the scene, these two dudes are just walking yeah, like right. cash. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. And, it, it, and she even started laughing. I mean, it was this very dramatic live shot, and you know, she was just. What are we going to do with this? And, and, you know, and, and these two guys are just walking along <laughs> talking. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, the drama, the, the exaggeration, that's what sells it. Negativity, uh, fear, those things are where the money is. Those things are what get in. And, and at the end of the day, we've become so bottom line money driven. Uh, you know, the, the, the idea that that, that works. So productivity to those people are creating fear to be productive. We create fear. We make more money. And there's evidence to prove that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think what is ultimately going to happen here, now this is pure speculation. This is blue sky. I I can't give you any evidence to support this. This is just my take on things. But I think what ultimately is going to shift this is that it's going to be part of a larger trend that has been going on for quite some time. You mentioned politics, for instance. I think one of the things that's happening in the world of politics is that Our political institutions are losing credibility. Yes. I don't care who you're talking to, left, right, center. I mean, people are just losing faith in political institutions. Um, same thing with the news. I mean, people are losing faith in the, in the news that the various institutions that we've taken for granted in our society and in our societies around the world over the last, what, 50, 100 years, something like that are crumbling. Yeah. It's a long, slow, almost erosion-like crumbling that's going on, and I think ultimately that is the process that, in the long run, leads us to finally recognize how we were undermining ourselves with our emphasis on productivity. Because in this case, the productivity we're talking about is well, how productive it is if you ratchet up everybody's negative emotions.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 you see that. And so when when your when your metric is is a productivity. Yeah. And that's the key word. What is, how would you, what metric are you really using for productivity? That's mm-hmm. what you got to look at. Uh, if it's bottom line dollar that, you know, if everything is simply that, then it's one measure. That's why, you know, Wall Street guys have one, one point in life that is to make money. They, they, right. there's not, there's not a lot of morals attached to that. Let's go yep. make money. Uh, I lost the widow's last $500,000. sorry. Um, Made a mistake? Whatever, move on. There's not a lot of, you know, or I made her another five hundred thousand. Either one, but they don't care which one. It's just about production. How much can I buy or sell or get profit on? And that's what drives them. And and the end of the day, their paycheck determines productivity. Period. That's all they look at.
0: That's right. That's right. And that's why I'm thinking that as uh, institutions erode and decay and crumble, then that mechanism starts to fall apart. Because yes. Whatever ha- what What happens whenever an institution of some kind, like the 2008 financial crisis, it was the banking institution that's crumbling, right? Yes, yes. Well, what happened? Well, the, the economy went into this huge tailspin. Yes. Wall Street said, no, 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 the sky is falling, help me. And... Because the sky was seen, seemed to be falling. They all kind of fell away from what they've been doing for years, which was the usual pattern for investment. They, they, they said, Oh, this is terrible. This is horrible. I guess the question I want to bring up or perhaps the observation I want to make is how terrible was it really? And I say that as somebody who lost everything in the financial crisis of 2008 because my entire business got wiped out by it. I've mentioned that in the show. Um, I I wasn't in real estate or mortgages, but I was, my business was collateral damage, but nevertheless I got wiped out by it. And yet. As I look back on it, well, first of all, I never want to go through that again. We've mentioned that kind of thing before. Um, I did learn things from it. That's a good thing. But I also recognize that that collapse wasn't the catastrophe that I thought it was. There was actual value in the collapse. Yeah. And, and if I were yeah. to put it in my own business, the business that I lost, you know what the biggest, uh, the, the biggest advantage that loss was? It took me years to figure this out. I mean, it took me, you know, Four years later, I'm doing this podcast to try to figure out you know, why I'm struggling so much. That's why I started. You became my 12th interview um, back in 2012. And I, I was really just kind of lost. But as I look back on it now, what I recognize is I needed to go through all of that crash so that I could understand that the industry I was in was the wrong industry for me. Yeah. And I had the wrong attitude about it. And I had an attitude that was going to reinforce and compound loss. I had a belief system that was going to just keep reinforcing it over and over and over again. I needed it to collapse so that I couldn't keep hanging on to it anymore. That right. collapse If it didn't collapse, I would have been in really, really bad shape. The collapse was right. the best thing that could have happened from that perspective. It was the way that I could let go of it. Yeah. And I see the yeah. same thing happening with our other institutions. As they collapse, it seems on the surface like it's a catastrophe. But in the long run, it's basically helping us to let go of something we didn't want to let go of.
1: Well and and on any any of these events has there's always another side to it. There's always a, a a rebound or a profit. So when the everything sort of fell apart, I I had some friends that you know had a lot of cash. And at the time, you know, back in the day when all everything fell apart in two thousand and eight, anybody your dog could get a mortgage. I mean you <laughs> anybody could get a, seriously, there were dogs that had made you oh, know yeah. just as a joke, yeah. Anybody, any, any being can get a mortgage instantly. And for whatever number, it doesn't matter. Nobody cared. Uh, and it was, they were just flipping properties, make a ton of money. So everything stopped. Everything collapsed. The company, they came in with drastic regulations. It was almost impossible to get a home loan after that. It was, I mean, you, you had to have the most re, perfect credit. Everything banks did not. So it went way down. Right. Well, I know multiple people one guy I'm thinking about in particular he had quite a bit of cash that you just you know a few hundred thousand dollars and there was this local credit union down in Florida that had 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 a, like an entire subdivision was under development and all that stopped but there were four houses that were there they were built ready to go and they were just there so he just saw these empty houses and realized that the cash these are at the time before the crash. They were about three hundred thousand dollars houses each one, right? About three hundred thousand dollars piece. Right. So he goes to the bank or the credit union and he said, "How much do you want for those houses?" And uh, they said, "We we don't know. We're we're trying to figure out all this stuff." He said, "I'll give you two hundred thousand dollars for all of them, cash, no quote." And they said, "We're not going to take. We're likely not going to take that." Um, yeah, it's just
0: five-six of the, val- yeah, of the yeah, yeah. value. Yeah, yeah
1: value. Yeah. Yeah, he said, here's my number. If you ever want it, I have cash, we can close tomorrow. So as the bank is looking at all the as the credit he was looking at all these huge losses, and nobody was qualifying for loans, they called him and said, Give us 300000 dollars for all of them and you, we'll take it. He did. He had some little money yet to put into it. Back then people couldn't buy houses, so he started renting all four of those houses. Oh, okay. Uh, makes sense. People still had to live. They were renting. Uh, people that lost their home before still had to rent. So he, he was able to do that. Uh, then since they weren't going to be able to buy a mortgage, he offered to finance it for them after wow. a few years and do wow. that. And so rent to buy, rent to buy basically. And he's getting, you know, top dollar for the mortgage. He's getting all this. Some of them were, you know, two of the houses the people were rent to buy. They did not, they weren't able to do it. So all the money they paid and they lost, so he was able to rent and sell them again. Mm-hmm. So his $300,000 investment and probably $100,000 repair, $400,000 is what he has in the property, basically. He sold all of them for a total when you added up for $1.6 million <laughs> profit off of all the stuff. So opportunity existed. After the collapse, there's always opportunity after when, when the pandemic started and everything was collapsing and nobody would know what was going to happen. I've made a statement to my client, I don't know how, but we're going to come out better because of this. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I, I don't, and I can't tell you why, but we're going to come out better and. I have several young clients that started their own business, entrepreneurial stuff, working from home became a thing. There, there's the side hustle that became a thing. They went out and figured out how to do it. I had had my best years since the pandemic began. Uh, I had the highest demand for me of all time. Uh, wow, that pandemic was a, a big boost in my life and to my client's life and. Mm-hmm. It but it, it, it was sky was falling back then, remember? It was all falling apart. And oh, yeah. there's yeah, so that narrative of like you're saying, when you ha life is going to have these moments and your perception of them being negative and the world falling apart is again understanding how this all works, staying with it, not not giving up, keeping that mindset right. The comebacks are always there. The next step is you you lost your business in 2008. And eventually, that was simply a redirection, as you're saying. It, it's a redirection. And accepting the redirections without wallowing in the pity of it all that self pity of all that it, is, is sort of the, to me, the secret of life.
0: Uh, I wish I'd done that, to be honest. I, if I could say that, I'd be really happy, but I can't yeah. say that. It took years yeah. to get past it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, and, and, but but also you didn't have any other way of really understanding how to deal with that, you know, exactly. and and you yeah. know, but like right now, you know, the the mindset for me is I have multiple things going on. I have a my friend and I are looking at starting some business stuff together because she's super organized and I'm pathetically unorganized. Um, and 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 you know, I I, have, I still have this mindset. Look, we can try it. I mean. What, it doesn't matter. I mean, we, we, I like to throw a bunch of stuff up. Some of it's going to work. Some of it's not. We're not going to get stuck on it. Let's just go. Let's do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be fun. And, and, you know, she has a skill set I don't have and I have some skills that, you know, she, I'm sure she has, but I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the big picture guy. She's the detailed person. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a good thing. That's yeah, good that's to have brilliant. that teamwork. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Really. That, yeah. I've been discovering that in my own life. I, um, i i haven't really talked about it much here on the show, but I think i've told you i've got a project i've been working on for the last two and a half years yes. trying to to basically create a way to have an income for people who are Facebook group administrators because they, they really get abused by Facebook and they put a lot of work in they get no compensation for it and you know they, they they're dealing basically they're trying to deal with the fact that facebook's um algorithm is a really really bad algorithm for keeping bad actors out. Um, so they have to do all the hard work themselves. They have to do all the heavy lifting, and they aren't being rewarded for it. And I keep asking myself, I was asking myself that, how do you reward them? there There ought to be some way to to be able to pay them. Why can't Facebook pay them? Uh, and And what I ended up coming to the conclusion was, well, all we have to do is just find a way to sell advertising in the group and then you know share the revenue with them. They' that' is instant income. Well, that sounds like a really really easy concept. It's a lot harder to actually implement. I've been spending the last two and a half years finding every single way possible to not make it happen. (laughs) I have hired. You've
1: eliminated
0: Yeah, and I'm good at it, let me tell you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, good job. I've
0: I've hired four different development teams. All four of them have completely failed. The fourth one failed less than the others, so that was an improvement. Yeah. Um, But it was still a failure. And it finally dawned on me, after the fourth failure, what one of the major reasons for the failure was. It goes back to my own experience because years ago I was a, a graphic designer. By accident, I found out I was a graphic designer by somebody who hired me because he saw it in me and I didn't see it in myself. I had been hired for something else completely different. Um, but I learned how to be a designer and I learned how to be a, a, a low-level developer. That was the web business that got wiped out in 2008. I knew how to do both sides of it. And so I assumed, well, everybody else who gets in the field knows how to do that too. It was completely wrong. It was a completely wrong assumption because, as it turns out, the two functions use entirely different sections of the brain. Uh, The programmer side, the developer side, is completely left brain. It's all linear thinking, all logical thinking. The right side, the designer side, is all about the big picture thinking like you were just talking about. They're two entirely different thought processes. You know what the amazing thing was? The amazing thing is I could do both at one time. That was the amazing thing, but I made the mistake of assuming that everybody else could do that. Once I finally recognized what my mistake was, literally today, I hired a designer only to do the design part and not do the development part. Mm -hmm. And once I've got a design, then I'm going to go hire a developer and say, okay, here's a design that you can physically see. You can see exactly how everything lays out, how it all connects together. You just got connected. Use the programming to connect. And I know I'm going to get the final product I've been looking for.
1: That's That's right. You have to figure that out. Well, yeah. Yeah. But... You're right. You got there, though. I got there. That's the key. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and the reason I bring that up is in the context of stopping negative thoughts and in the context of this productivity discussion we've been talking about, the way I was doing it before was based on what I understood about what was productive. Yes. And it turned out my, my assumptions about productivity were wrong. I was completely, totally messed up by this idea, well, you got to be productive. you got to have a productive team that knows how to do this with the design, that with the development. No, that's not the way productivity works. I forgot the creative piece of it. I forgot that you can't put analytics on creativity and expect to actually have good creativity come out of it. I forgot. Yes, that. yes. And once I reintroduced that, then I said to myself, oh, I just need to think about this differently. I need to approach this differently. I need to stop thinking in terms of what's productive, and start thinking in terms of what works
1: yeah you nailed it yeah yeah and i i i like how you know when when you get stuck on one one way of thinking you get stuck on one concept mm-hmm. it, it it takes a while to break because you're 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 stuck okay. in a thinking pattern
0: it took me two and, and a half years
1: yeah when, when you realize, I've shared this story before, but it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, I have a little cousin. He's a grown man now, but back in the day, uh, I, I was having probably one of the most, one of the more difficult times in my life. Uh, I, I was living in Tampa. Things were really rough for me. I basically was unemployed. Uh, no, not basically. I was unemployed. Uh, middle to get, yeah, like mid, yeah, yeah, middle of a gambling addiction, and and things weren't going well. Mm-hmm. So I was in a deep depression. My house was disgusting. I lived in an apartment. It was just, uh, it was dirty, and I I didn't have the wherewithal to fix it up. So I I would have these moments of, let me let me get going. Let me I need to get. I know I got to clean my house. That felt so normal. Right, so I right. have I have this little cousin who always enjoyed hanging out with me. And and I thought, you know, I'll bring him over and he'll help me clean. And then we'll just go see a cheap movie or something. And he'll, he'll do most of the work and I'll be happy and he'll be, you know what I mean? So I had this plan for child labor, basically. Um, <laughs> and so one of the, one of the things that, that I was, was discussing the South, my shower curtain was disgusting. Mildew. It was not good. And the shower curtain line was just disgusting. So, Uh, we went to the the grocery store and again, I had such a little, I had probably $30 to my name at the time Mm. and I I needed to pay for us to go see a movie. So I was really tight money. And so there were X-14 is a mildew remover. I don't know if you've ever heard of X-14. Yeah,
0: I have. Yeah.
1: yeah. So the, the store brand was $4 cheaper than X-14. X-14 was like $9 the store brand was like, you know, $5, right? Right. So right. I'm reading the ingredients because do I pay the extra money for the X14? Do I – what do I do with this? And so I'm really in-depth so that my, my cousin comes up to me and he goes, Joel, Joel, Joel. And I'm like, don't interrupt me. I'm, I'm busy with this. And, <laughs> and, and, and and I'm going back and forth, and, and it, I turn around, and he hands me a new shower curtain liner for $2. <laughs>
0: I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I was stuck on one way of thinking. I was stuck on. I got it. We're gonna go spend hours in this toxic-smelling stuff cleaning it. Right. Show- versus, I all I did was take it down, crumpled it up, and it <laughs> cost two dollars for the shower curtain line. That was it, and <laughs> it was such a epiphany to me. At that moment, like, I, I, I didn't even look at that idea that I would just solely focused on yeah. that one train of thought. That's what you're talking about. For two and a half years, you knew what you wanted, but you, you were stuck on this is how I would do it versus this
0: is how it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yes. Yes. It's, it's truly remarkable how powerful our brains are. It's also truly remarkable how we misuse them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, I I, I have my, my,
1: my, uh, friend that I told you we're going to start doing some business stuff together. I made this statement. I'm, I'm, I said, you know, I need your help because I'm highly inefficient. I'm, I I don't get, you know, I I have so much stuff going on inefficient. She pointed out to me, she goes, Joel, you, you, you make a really good living. You take care of your son. You, you manage a lot. So it isn't that I'm not inefficient. It's, you know, my, I, the stuff that I take for granted, most people go, wow, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, writing my book, doing my public speaking, doing these things I want to do, I, I am super inefficient because of my ADHD. But, but my perspective is I am, I am inefficient, and that's not accurate. I'm not inefficient because the stuff that is the basic stuff, by anybody's – and this sounds arrogant when I say it out loud, but I don't mean it to be. But by anybody's standard, I'm successful. I take care of my kid. I do. I check the box. I got. You know what I mean. I got all that stuff going on. Uh, I manage the basic stuff. So most people say you're not. You're very efficient with that, and I am. I've learned to be with that. But taking it further, the other areas of my life, that's where my uh, efficiency needs to be
0: improved. Yeah, I think we all have one of those areas too. We have probably a number yeah. meeting, one of us. Yeah. And that's probably a good place to stop because it reminds us. Okay. Yeah. Time to take stock. What areas do I need to eliminate like that? Where do yes, I need to and, change my thinking, my T-H-I-N-K?
1: Yes. And one of, and one of the last things, too, Walt, we, you know, the, starting the new year, one thing we're very consistent about is, once again, we've run over. Yes. Yes. That's, we're consistent still in
0: 2024. I, yeah. you yeah, know that we're consistent in that way, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. To me, it's, it's one of the best indicators that I have that we have a lot of fun.
1: We do. It's very fun. I always enjoy this, my friend.
0: I enjoy it as well. And I, I look forward, by the way, we're going to have, you and I are going to have a guest in, in two weeks. We're going to have somebody. Oh, who's it. So. Do I know you, this person? Uh, she, I I just did her podcast today. Her name is Nikki LaCroce. and she, she's a, a millennial and really, really interesting young woman. Very, very cool perspective on things. I, I think I it. gonna hit it off, it's going to be a lot of Excellent.
1: fun. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Yeah. So looking forward to that. Anyway, I will see you next week. Looking forward to that. Thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye everybody.